Let's rewind the tape a little bit. Okay, August 2016, second night in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil for the Olympics. And in the last episode, which was like seven years after that, 2023, I was talking about how you never know when you like you'll. It's like the last time you'll see someone or do something or whatever. So this now we're entering into another story where it kind of relates to that in the sense of at the end of this whole thing. There's like a person who I didn't realize at the time I would never see again. In this episode, there's a possession I would never see again. So let's get into it. Okay, so at this point in life, I'm still, I'm, well, I'm still in the hiring process, the long, dragged out 75 year, no, it was about two years, hiring process with the CIA. And this is before I did the, you know, the disastrous polygraphs that I talked about. So like at this point, I didn't hate life yet. Like I was still, you know, a mostly happy person, uh, basically, even though I was, you know, keeping the fact that I was in process with the CIA secret. Obviously, you don't really tell people about that. Um, And I was also kind of in like a man whore phase of life. Uh, And I choose to use that word just because see, like, for me, okay, when I was young, I got into dating really, really late. Dating and sex, all that started much later than most people for me. It wasn't until I was in my 20s. And so at this point in life, I was 27 years old. And I was like making up for lost time and also making up for insecurities. Uh, just because like I was someone who was never, never really even tried that much, but was never successful, like never, never knew anything about like women and dating and all that when I was, you know, in college, like most guys. And I was just very insecure about a lot of things. So I was kind of like taking out my insecurities by hooking up with, like I wasn't really having sex that often, but I was just, I was making out with girls. I was kissing girls whenever possible in you know, whether it's a nightclub, like I would go out a lot at this time, be a nightclub, whatever, just like just finding girls and like making out with them in nightclubs with really no regard for their feelings. I mean, I wasn't really looking for a relationship or anything like that. Um, there were definitely a few girls that I hurt along the way. Karma would come back to bite me later on in that department. But anyway, so here we are. It's August 2016, second night at the Olympics, and I'm spending about two and a half, three weeks there because at that time I was still working uh, as a, well, kind of an independent contract interpreter, could also work remotely. I was able to save up and travel when I wanted, and I'm a minimalist, so I don't really need a lot of possessions, so it really worked out for me. Like I didn't need fancy stuff. I didn't even really have my own place to live. I was just kind of bouncing around, living in cheap apartments around the world, and so um, we're in Lapa, okay? Lapa is, I mean, I could call it the greatest place on earth <laughs> in certain ways. Um, I could also call it like the most dangerous place on earth, arguably. Um, okay, so Lapa is kind of like downtown Rio de Janeiro. It's a part of the city where everybody likes to go out. There's all these bars, and like in Brazil, people are just like drinking out in the street too. It's basically like a street or neighborhood where there are tons and tons of bars, tons and tons of nightlife, people drinking inside the bars, outside the bars. It's crazy, dancing, you have everything. I mean, it's just one of the most wild places you can ever go in the world. And especially at the Olympics, it was even wilder than than at regular times. So I'm there with my buddy, who shall not be named because there are no names in these episodes. And um, we're, we're, you know, walking down the street with our group and... There's this, um, by the way, we were with two friends, one of whom I had been a real a-hole to, uh, but we won't get into those details. I was not exactly the best person, I will say, at this time of life. But anyway, so we see this other group 
of of girls, and in this group of uh, this other group, and in this group there's there's two girls, right? And one of them, well, there are two very attractive girls. One of them is just this like tall, gorgeous girl. She looked like a model, right? And she's from Zona Narci, which is the north zone, the north area of the city. And see, Zona Narci in Rio, you have Zona Narci and Zona Sul. So in the north zone that's it's the more dangerous area of the city like most tourists are going to go to the south zone that's where you're going to go if you're from the u.s or really anywhere else that's where you're going to spend most of your time now i'm not even saying that the south zone is safe because it's not necessarily you can still get robbed at any time of day but it's safer than the north rio in general is just a dangerous city it's a beautiful amazing city maybe my favorite city in the world but it's a very dangerous city it's also probably the most dangerous city that i've ever been to uh honestly um yeah between Rio and Tijuana, and I don't know. Well, it's tough. Anyway, so, um, <clears throat> all right. She's from Sona Narci, and like I said, this girl could have been absolutely a model uh, if she had had the right opportunities. And who knows? Maybe she did end up being a model at some point. She's probably, I'm 27. She's probably 22 or 23. Um, I don't think that she was in on the crime. I don't think that she was like a decoy to set this up, but you never know. I'll probably never know. And so at this point in life, like my Portuguese was good, but not great, but like definitely good enough to be like super cute with my accent. You know, like girls love it when you like speak their language. Not that great, but like you're kind of fluent and you have a foreign accent. So that's like my Portuguese level. And by the way, in terms of those of you who are looking to learn languages, really learning languages is more than anything, it's about vocab. Vo- just learning vocabulary. If you need to learn a foreign language, just brute force the vocabulary. Learn as much vocabulary as you can. Yeah, they're going to tell you that grammar is all important, but really, like, you're going to do a lot better if you have the vocabulary but not the grammar. It doesn't really do you any good to know a bunch of grammar and how to conjugate verbs if you don't have enough vocabulary. Portuguese, for example, I never took a single formal Portuguese class. I never paid a dime to learn Portuguese unless you count going to Brazil, which I obviously paid the flights for and everything like that. But, um, you know, I never took formal Portuguese classes. Portuguese of the languages that I speak is probably the least formal of them because I learned most of it on the street in Brazil. Um, but my Portuguese was very good, and I never studied it formally. I just l- learned how to essentially brute force the learning of the vocabulary. Just learn new vocab, learn new vocab. Focus on vocab if you're learning another language. That's the, that's the moral to that part of the story. So anyway, we're with these, these two girls, and we start dancing with them in their group. And one of the great things about, about Rio in particular, and Lapa, is people are just just dancing out in the street. Like, it's just a wild party. Everybody's just dancing out in the street. You can do whatever you want. Nobody cares. And at this point, it's probably, you know, 1, 2 a.m. I don't even know. It was, it was after midnight, I think. And because we're doing this thing where we're staying up till between 3 and 7 a.m. every night. Yes, you heard that right. Me, the guy who now is like a biohacker and goes to bed at like 8 p.m. a lot of times, we were staying up until between 3 a.m. and 7 a.m. every night for the two and a half, three weeks we were there. And so then we would, you know, sleep four or five hours, wake up at like 10 or 11 or noon or something like that and go at it again. It's funny because nowadays you would have to give me some hard drugs to get me to stay awake until three or four or five or six o'clock in the morning coffee wouldn't even do it you can give me all the coffee in the world and bright lights and i just don't even think it's gonna work like now i just crash by 10 p.m regardless of what's happening you would have to give me some like cocaine methamphetamine i don't even know what to keep me awake that long um and by the way for those of you listening who are like in your 20s and you are wondering like 
why you're not that fit. This goes out to all the people out there who are like in their 20s trying to get more fit and build more muscle or burn some fat or whatever. Have you looked at yourself and said, huh, every weekend I stay up until 4 a.m. for two nights out of the week and then during the week <laughs> I go to bed at 10 p.m.? Like people, Some people just miss this part. Like The reason you can't get into as good a shape as you want and the reason I didn't build that much muscle in my 20s, part of it is because we're in a weekly jet lag for two to three days out of every week on average. Typically, it's not a three-week period like I did here, but it's like literally you're in jet lag on Saturday and Sunday because you stay up four hours later than you do (laughs) throughout the whole rest of the week. And that has such a profound impact on our sleep, on our ability to build muscle, on our ability to be fit and healthy in general. And people don't even realize it. So check yourself. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and party if you're in your 20s. But I'm just saying, if you're wondering why you can't get as in as good a shape as you want, that's probably the reason. So you have to pick between, you have to choose. Do I want to party? Like, even if you're not drinking, you're still screwing yourself over. Like, do I want to go out and hang out that late, or do I want to be in good shape? If you're doing that in your 20s, just check yourself and ask yourself the question. If you're doing that in your 30s or later than your 30s, you should probably get your life figured out. But anyway, so we're dancing out in the street, and... um. You know, I'm, I'm dancing with this girl, this absolutely just gorgeous girl. And I'm not a good dancer, but of course, like, she's into it because I'm like the exotic gringo, right, with the, with the cute accent. And so, you know, dancing, and like every 30 seconds, I'm like checking my, my pocket to make sure that my phone, my wallet, and everything's in there. You know, it's like dancing, dancing, grinding up on her, put my hands on her, and then like, oh, check your pocket, oh, check your pocket, good, good, like every 30 seconds. And see, I, I, I made the mistake, never again, I made the mistake of wearing like, it is like these shorts that you would wear if you were going to go like play golf with me and my buddies in the suburbs of Minnesota. Let's be honest about this. This is like golfer shorts, you know, that have these just kind of like somewhat wide pockets in the front. And it's just, you know, easy enough access. Like there's not like a zipper or anything like that. I mean, because if, you, if you're going to wear like tight jeans or pants or something like that, it makes it a little bit harder, right? But anyway, I'm doing, you know, I'm checking every 30 seconds. I'm checking, okay? And you always, you got you got to have your stuff in your front pocket. You know, you can't be putting, you know, back pocket makes it worse because then you can't even see in general. So I, you know, I got my phone in the right front pocket, my wallet, I think in the left front pocket, and I'm checking every 30 seconds. Check, check quick, and then go back to dancing. And um, so <clears throat> all of a sudden, on one of the checks, Check the left pocket while it's there. Check the right pocket. Skin and bone. No more phone. It's a pretty cool rhyme. Skin and bone, no more phone. It's gone. It's gone. And I like look around and I like shouted. Not that it mattered because there's like a bunch of people around and so much noise. I'm like, they took my phone. They took my phone. They took my phone. And like some girl who was like standing over there said like she saw and that some guy did it and then ran off. I don't know why she didn't like stop him or say anything to me. But who knows about that. But apparently a guy took it and then just ran off. Now, in spite of the shock and anger... You have to give credit where credit is due. Like, that was a really smooth theft. I know I was kind of an easy target, but like, mad respect. I probably could not have pulled it off that flawlessly because I did not feel a thing. He just yanked my phone right out of my pocket at the right moment. So, 
mad respect that the thieves in Rio, the pickpockets, they are among the best in the world. And this guy got me. I'm not condoning theft or random petty crime, okay? But you got to give credit where credit's due. You have to respect <laughs> a good petty crime when it's committed properly. Uh, so anyway, I got my phone stolen. And um, the night was still young, though. More on that in the next chapter. All right. Talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.